I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name is Will and today I'm joined by my two good pals and co-hosts, Ali and Hodgy. Harry, lads. Hello. Hello, How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. We've uh, we've got Ali subbed in today because Gray is in Greece, Hodge, enjoying yep, his Greece, yeah. anniversary celebration. So happy anniversary to Gray and Steph. Is it their first year anniversary first, of their wedding? First, yeah. One year. God, time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? Bloody hell. So yeah. I hope you're having a nice time, Gray. But we've got Ali, unfortunately, this week. He's stepped in at last minute. How have your weekends been? Ali, actually, we'll go to you first because you're not feeling too sharp this morning, are you? Yeah, well, I knew you were going to come to me first after you heard my voice <laughs> when I came on the call. But yeah, I'm feeling slightly ropey. I would say I was celebrating the match last night, but I actually didn't manage to catch it because I was at a festival yesterday in London. Ew. But it was great halfway through when I was checking the score religiously that I found out that we did win 1-0 which uh, was the icing on the cake yesterday. But uh, feeling slightly worse for wear this morning, but I'm sure I'll feel better as the pod goes on. Hey, listen to that. Optimism. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) positive. Well, yeah, Ali's alluded to it, but yeah, back to winning ways yesterday, which we'll get on to against Brentford. But Hodge, what were you up to yesterday? You were doing something at St. James's Park, weren't you? I don't know if the viewers know or the listeners know that I work for a spirits company. So St. James's Park, all the hospitality bars. I've stocked a couple of our products. So I said I'd do a bit of a tasting or a bit of a sampling session in the barracks is up in level four of the Milburn stand yesterday just to get people a bit more used to the product and seeing it so it's give them a bit of a chat about it so they might go and purchase some drinks from the bar but yeah it was good and then managed to get away just after kickoff to get to Quattro and see the game from there I hear you made it in absolutely record time. I was on one of the little e-scooters with a big oh, backpack on and I had, <laughs> I had boxes like stuffed between my legs and stuff that I was taking away from it <laughs> I was absolutely, oh. I was absolutely hooning it out of town on one of them. Kind of not the commitment. <laughs> like, do you want to give the specific drinks a shout out in case anyone listening may have tried it yesterday? Engine gin. It's Italian organic gin. It's in a like a, a tin which is more recyclable, so it's a bit more Looks cool. Cautious for uh, the environment. Part of the Disarano International Range. DM is on Instagram if you want some cheeky sales. <laughs> Any inquiries? Yeah. <laughs> Shameless plug. I know. Yeah. Not a bad. Busy day for you. Yep. Yeah. I mean. It's a long time since we've recorded. I've almost forgotten how we do this, but thankfully, after the misery of the last three games, after losing to Man City, Liverpool in a quite disgraceful manner, and then Brighton away, 
Oh, but I need to mention that as well. I realized listening back to the previous podcast, I must have been super miserable because I got the score wrong. <laughs> and it's and it's been bothering us ever since. I think I said twice, not only once, but twice on the last podcast that we lost 3-0 to Brighton, which is doing Callum Wilson a massive disservice because it was actually 3-1. So apologies for anyone who caught that last time. I promise I was watching, unfortunately. <laughs> so yes, we're back with a slightly more positive recording this time, which is great, despite what seemed to be quite an uncomfortable match. We are back, and we're back at home with a 1-0 win versus Brentford, which turned out to be a very difficult game in the end, actually. Difficult to watch and must have been difficult for the players on the pitch. Hodge, do you want to kick us off with your thoughts on the result? Yeah, good to get 1-0 win, to be fair, and three points on the board. Not stopping the rot, I guess, because if you think about it compared to last season, I think we were only one point behind in terms of the teams that we've already played in the respective homes and away. So not too dissimilar, I suppose, from last season. But yeah, man, just having a couple of games on the bounce where we've lost and not played well to actually have three points to walk away with was <laughs> much welcome, I suppose. But like you say, it was a it was a hard watch at times. Not a clue what the, the referees were thinking or VAR was thinking oh, at some oh, points in it, but I'm sure we'll get to that. Fucking main character energy from the referees again. Like, they always want to be centre of attention in my mind, especially that Craig Pawson. I don't think I've ever seen him have a good game. Like, but yeah, quite a few changes were rung, Ali. I mean, obviously, the sad news that Joe Linton has, I think, aggravated a knee injury, maybe, and was not only out for yesterday's match, but it sounds like he's going to be out against AC Milan as well. I think Sandro aggravated a thigh injury, which put him on the bench. And then Miggy obviously picked up a knock while he was on international duty. But yeah, quite a few changes rung yesterday, weren't there? There were, but um, it was quite nice to see Harvey Barnes get his first start. Harvey Barnes. Um, ooh, ooh. And uh, I thought he played fantastic <laughs> as well. But obviously, I can see what Eddie was doing. He wanted to rest some key players. But hopefully, resting Sandro yesterday means that he's going to be fully fit to play against his boyhood club, AC Milan, on Tuesday, who actually went through a 5-1 defeat to their rivals Inter Milan yesterday. Yeah, seen that. Oh, that can go one of two ways for us, yeah. can't it? <laughs> it can, it can. And hopefully it won't be similar to Brighton when they got pumped 3-1 by West Ham. And then we ended up going 3-1 down when we ended up going there. But yeah, I think Joe Linton will be a huge loss for AC Milan. And thankfully, Anderson coming in yesterday, I thought he did quite well at times in the centre of the pitch, as well as Longstaff, because I thought he did fantastic breaking up the play, especially in the second half. But this is the good thing now. We've got a bit of depth so we can cover some of these key central midfield areas. Yeah, I'm going to challenge you on the long staff point, actually, because I thought I wasn't convinced in his performance yesterday. Obviously, yeah. we've, you can't criticise the players too much because we've obviously ultimately won, but the number of times that lad loses the ball, faffing around in midfield or gets dispossessed, especially in the latter stages of the game, a lot of the counter-attacking from Brentford came through long staff, fanning around, not playing the ball, standing on it too long and getting robbed it just made it really uncomfortable for me but a brand new looking central midfield three Hodge were you pleased with how they performed like to Ali's point before I thought Anderson was brilliant yesterday we saw sparks of Bruno from last season but yeah for me Longstaff was the weak link in that three actually what were your thoughts it's not really his game is it though that kind of like quick passing like maneuverability kind of thing like he is there to kind of break it down and I think what he did in defensively was pretty good Onto Bruno, flashes of what he was like last year. I mean, he had a really good game for Brazil away to Bolivia, I believe it was. So hopefully he can get a bit more of his magic back and it kind of comes back to him naturally rather than him trying to chase it, which would be great. 
like you say, flashes of brilliance yesterday, but at the same time, still a couple of things where you think, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the shining light, though, for me was Anderson. Like, I thought he was class. He's just a busy lad, and you can tell that he loves playing football, and he's always has, like, that 100% mentality of, I will try, I will run, I will get behind the team so I think for me he was probably one of the star players on the pitch from midfield yeah for sure definitely it's funny how you say that because I'm sure as well Gareth Southgate said during the week that he was trying to convince Elliot Anderson to switch his allegiance from yeah. Scotland to England so yeah, I saw that I'm interested to see how that pans out yeah well, that'd be great for him to be in the England team man like because we've got well a couple of players who can run like Conor Gallagher but he's a bit out of form Someone like him where he's young and just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like that would yeah. be really refreshing to have someone in that team who just go, couldn't give a fuck who I'm playing against. I'm just going to run me hard out and try my best. Such a weird rise to the spotlight for Elliot Anderson. I'd say last season, probably no other teams or no other fans in the country had any idea who he was. Just Newcastle fans and like Bristol Rovers fans where he was out on loan. Now suddenly he's in the national press because apparently Gareth Southgate is trying to phase him into the squad and trying to convince him to move away from Scotland. He's a Geordie lad, so mm. probably makes sense in playing for England more so than Scotland. But yeah, he's just an absolute rise to fame and put in a, a really strong performance yesterday, centre mid, despite us all thinking he was an attacking mid or a winger. I mean, anyone is better in that England midfield than fucking Jordan Henderson. Uh, <laughs> but. God knows how long Southgate is going to be around if he continues playing Maguire, Calvin Phillips and fucking Jordan Henderson anyway. But yeah, Hodge, I saw your hand flick up and then go down again. Yeah, I think he's, you said like oh, more of a more of a central player. I think he's got a bit of utility to him as well. Like you put him in a position and he just understands football. So I don't really see him staying in this centre mid role. I reckon he could still play a little bit out wide. We just have a glut of wingers at the minute. So he's not really going to see much time out there. But like I said last time, He's a bit of like a James Milner. Like you could play him in goal and he'd probably still have a good game. <laughs> just loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, just yeah. plays his heart out. He was the one that was doing all the running yesterday. He was the one that was getting into good positions. He was the one that wanted the ball. So yeah, a really, really strong performance from him and bodes well for the future, I'd say. On the flip side of the weird Elliot Anderson story, have you heard Harvey Barnes is apparently in the process of switching allegiances from England to Scotland, so going the other way now? Yeah. It's all very strange, but as long as they get international game time, I guess it's up to them if they can do it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yes, um, so quite a different looking team yesterday. Probably the biggest controversial one, but the call we'd maybe all been making in the last recording was the dropping of Alexander Isaac in place for Callum Wilson coming back into the team. Callum Wilson, obviously, when he's come on, has popped up with goals, for example, against Brighton. And I don't think Alex Isaac has looked really all that convincing as that isolated striking role. So I personally was really pleased to see Wilson start. And yet again, the man comes up with the goods. Just signed a new contract or a contract extension, Ali. Are you happy to see him stay around for another year? Oh, 100%. I mean, he was saying the other day that he wants to be part of the 100 club. And if you can also be the second highest scoring player in Newcastle United colours, again, that would be some achievement to see him achieve. He's not that. far off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyone know who the current second highest scorer for us is in the Prem? Surely. Nope. Ooh. 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 Ooh, Harvey Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Already, that's fucking worse shit, aren't we? <laughs> Any guesses, Ali? Um, Bellamy? Nope. Oh. Andy Cole? Nope. Go on then. 
Sorry, let me just double check. No, I just I just wanted to make sure I was right. No, it's actually Peter Beardsley with forty seven goals. Oh. So you've got you've got Shearer with one hundred and forty eight. It's got, pretty tight in it from like second to fifth. Like yeah, it is. Well, it shows you how little of a way Callum Wilson's got to go. So Shearer's on one four eight. Peter Beardsley then in second on forty seven prem goals. Shola on forty three. So you were close. And then Callum Wilson now sits on forty one Premier League goals. <laughs> How bad's so, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really bad. So seven more goals he needs in order to get himself to second place. Probably get that this year. He's already on three. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think I was quite excited personally to see Callum Wilson start because of his style of play. He is far more suited, I feel, to that isolated striking role because he can bully defenders. He can get amongst it. He can hold the ball up really well. Whereas I feel like Isaac is better coming in from the wing or creating that moment of brilliance just out of nowhere, i.e. against Everton last season. Hodge, what were your thoughts on Wilson's performance? Solid, you know what you're going to get from him. And I think it was probably what we needed in that game. I don't think Isaac would have really flourished too much against Brentford. Against the back three as well. Yeah, and I think it's, it's something that I think teams have kind of found out against us, which has been... If we get the ball basically like a basketball team, just flood back and protect the area because we're, we're not great at breaking teams down like that. I think as for us, with the players we have, it's more free-flowing counter-attack, especially for people like Isaac and, and Gordon. Like they're two really quick, quite skillful with the ball. So we want them to be running at a team that are a bit low on numbers and, and scrambling to get back. But yeah, the way that they came and set up, I think it was definitely right for Wilson to be there, just being a strong bloke, bullying, being the outlet where a ball can get kind of bounced in and then straight bounced out to try and unpick a lock, basically. Mm. I thought he played class and was deserved his goal. I suppose we would go on to the goal that wasn't allowed now, which was an absolute shambles. And thank God we got a cheap penalty to get that chance back. Yeah. But what a fucking joke. Like, I'm sure you you don't like the referees at best of times, Will, so I'll let you take this one. <laughs> it's not just the ref, I guess. It's... How am I going to structure this? How am I going to structure my fury and my anger? <laughs> Basically, if if no one if no one saw it, no one caught it. So it actually comes with some good play from Kieran Trippier. He puts the ball into the danger zone. I think a Brentford player heads it straight up in the air. Keeper's under it. Callum Wilson just standing fucking still, by the way. Keeper completely misses his catch, punch, whatever he's going for. The ball then just scrambles around a little bit. I think Harvey Barnes is in the mix and then Callum Wilson pokes it in and then away he goes celebrating. And the referee at this point can go one of two ways. He can either give the goal and then be overturned by VAR or he can not give the goal, which he ended up doing. And then it's VAR's job in that instance to, I think, highlight a clear and obvious error, which would mean that they have to then give the goal. I mean, for anyone with a fucking set of eyes watching that, it's not a foul. But because the referee says it's not a goal and gives a foul, it puts everyone in a really difficult position where it's going to be almost impossible to turn that around. It's an absolute joke of a decision. And I think Callum Wilson said this in his post-match interview, the keepers get too much love in the league. And I thought they were trying to address this with the rules this year. So I think they've changed the rules slightly. It would be good to have Gray on this one because he seems to have fucking read the whole rule book through, in, <laughs> you know, throughout from page to page. But I think the gist of it is they're trying to give goalkeepers less protection, but that was not demonstrated on the day at all. And it was an absolute joke of a decision. And quite rightly, Callum Wilson and the rest of the team were absolutely furious. But it comes down to a poor on the spot decision from the referee where he basically should give the benefit to Wilson, benefit to the goal, say that's a goal. 
And then if it's not, if it is a foul, let VAR overrule it. Hodge, what were your thoughts? It's like in the NFL, when there's like a close touchdown, the on-field umpires will call touchdown. Yeah. And every single score and move gets reviewed. So you may yeah. as well give it the opportunity. Yeah. I think that that's, I think, fair across the whole board. But if you're not 100% sure as the referee, you go, okay, I'll allow it, but someone will point out. And that's, we have to lean on to the video ref and the video analysis at this point, because ultimately that's a missed goal. And then Frank fucking kicks off because we get something on that we can, I guess, get back on it mm. with it. We're a really soft penalty, but by the letter of the law, it kind of is. So, yeah, very, very frustrating watch. Poor refereeing, for, yeah. poor consistency. Like, they're just, sorry, I say poor consistency. There is no consistency. I thought in the run up to that, in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the match, the referee was all over the place. Like, we weren't allowed to touch a Brentford player without it being blown up as a foul. A number of times, uh, Elliot Anderson or someone in the middle of the park had dispossessed a Brentford player. Fairly, no tackle, and it was given as a foul. But then Brentford players are absolutely steaming into Bruno. They're fucking dragging people back. That challenge was terrible. I know, there was just no consistency in the refereeing of the game at all. Wisser's flying elbow. Mm. Wisser, it's just an absolute joke, man. You know, the referees, I think I've said, ever since we started doing this podcast, have actually progressively got worse rather than getting better, despite having more resources, a better setup. We've got Howard Webb at the top. The state of the referee is just getting worse and worse. Thankfully, it didn't have an impact on the game or the result, I should say. But we'll come on to that then. Ali, what were your thoughts just on the flap or the foul as it turned out to be before we move on? Yeah, well, I felt like it could have been one of those games because it had very similar hallmarks to Crystal Palace at home last year where we were very good in parts and then we have a goal overturned because of a very soft challenge which involves a goalkeeper. So I'm just pleased that we managed to get a goal in the end. But yeah, I thought it was a very, very soft decision. Um, Flecking just goes down far too easily, I think. And I think he probably knows that if he makes a bit of a fuss to Craig Pawson, then he's going to give it the Brentford's way, which he ultimately did. But I'm just pleased that we actually came away with the three points this time. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that flecking lad or, or flapping, as we should probably call it, Mark <laughs> Flapping. <laughs> but um, thank you very much. If you come out of that with the last two minutes, of, as soon as I mentioned it. Yeah, I have just on the spot, mate. Yeah, it's Crazy just, juice uh, is flowing this morning. Someone's it read knows. the newspaper headlines this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I am the newspaper headlines, Hodge. You know this. My creativity knows no bounds. But yeah, I think he had quite a poor game, apart from one moment in particular, which we didn't talk about, which probably should, which was Bruno's header, mm. which he kind of almost does everything. Bruno finds himself open at the back post, heads the ball down from a corner. I think it's Dan Byrne puts it back into the mix and Bruno heads it, but he makes a really good save in that instance. But potentially Bruno should be doing better. But the referee, I think from that point on, knows he has to make amends. I guess, to an extent, because yes. he probably knows that his, people are telling him he's got that one wrong or he's reviewed it. or I don't know what they fucking talk about during the match, to be honest, but he has amends to make, which he does in the end, I guess, for us, or there's some reprieve for us when he gives that penalty decision. So penalty against the goalkeeper on Anthony Gordon. Hodge, do you want to talk us through what happened? Just quickly on that kind of like, don't know what they're saying or what they've been saying to each other. If Richard Masters is listening, you can have this for free, mate. <laughs> what they should do is have some sort of like Patreon type thing where you can pay two ninety nine a month or three ninety nine a month, where you can listen to what the referees are saying <laughs> live. I think loads of people would spend money on that. Alpha one would because I want to know what the fuck they're saying when they're talking about the review system and stuff. 
But I also want to see what grief they get off the players as well. I think it would just make me more angry, to be honest. <laughs> I think it would be fucking hilarious, mate. But yeah, I could could make them that extra little bit of money, but yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, so the Gordon, I suppose, penalty, I'll call it, wasn't not a penalty in my eyes. I don't know about you guys, but I think it was a bit of a loose kind of ball through for which, is it Hickey or Hinky? Aaron Hickey, yeah. Just doesn't really react to. Bit of a confusion between him and the keeper who's actually going to come and do something about it. Gordon, with his electrifying pace, manages to burst through and just basically gets his body in the way of the ball and the keeper. Very smart, very quick thinking from the lad. I like that. He's trying to get something and he's chanced his arm and he's got it. And it's an interesting call. But like you say, it might have been playing on the mind that we might need to get something back for what happened before. But for me, it's not a penalty I would search. I would feel really hard done by if that got given against Newcastle. Don't know about you guys. Gordon's not touched the ball. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. But obviously, he's played it well. He's played it tactically, as he should, because he knows he's not going anywhere. So what's the best outcome? I'll go for a penalty. His chances are he's got one, and I love him for doing so. But as you say, it's that burst of pace, Hodge, that, that's got him in that position. And I thought Gordon was excellent yesterday as well yeah. and wasn't hiked off at fucking 70 minutes as he has been the last few games. Only one sub, Miggy. Yeah, cracking that. They just switched wings, didn't they? Gordon was on the right starting because Harvey Barnes was on the left. He then puts Gordon to the left and brings Miggy on the right, who I thought actually looked quite energetic and bright when he came on, which maybe bodes well for Milan. Yeah, not a penalty, but boy, oh boy. And I think Wilson said in his post-match interview as well, pressures for tyres, uh, which I absolutely rate because Shearer said that before. But yeah. it just didn't phase him at all. 10 out of 10 penalties scored before that Peno alley. It was never in any doubt, was it? No, it wasn't. And, you know, I watched that penalty back and I just think it's a fantastic penalty. He gets so much power behind it, so much lift. Flecken actually picks the right side, but... Callum Wilson being Callum Wilson, as you say, pressures for tyres. He just puts it top bins and it's a, it's a great penalty. You know, it's great to see him continuing his goal scoring for. You just don't save those. <laughs> <laughs> you don't indeed. It was a postage stamp penalty, wasn't it? It was fucking crap. Yeah. I think that, yeah, thankfully that was the deciding moment. We, he got his reprieve. Callum Wilson got his ultimate revenge and that was the deciding factor. There was another shout for a penalty later on in the game when Harvey Barnes heads it down, it bounces off Mbwemo's head and then onto his hand, but I think probably the correct call to not give that a penalty if we're being fair and objective, as much as I was baying for blood and wanted a penalty at the time. (laughs) Do you reckon, though, if the other penalty wasn't given and we were given the disallowed goal and it was nil-nil when that incident happened, would you have your mind changed? About the Gordon pen? No, for the handball. Mm. Would you have turned around and said, I think that was a handball? I thought it was a handball anyway. Uh, the fucking anything that goes against us, anything happens, I'm like baying for blood, as I say. It's like, VAR are going to fuck us here. You have listened <laughs> to this podcast before and you know how biased we're going to be. Come on. You <laughs> can't. It's red rag to a bull for me. I was, He's a cheat. <laughs> He's a fucking cheat. <laughs> Might as well have picked it up. I think, yeah, with the benefit of us having won the game and it not being the deciding factor in the game, I can be objective and magnanimous and say, no, on balance, it wasn't a peno. I think I'd have to be mad to say it was, but it's a good point, Ali. I think there'd be a very different tone to this podcast if it was nil-nil and they'd not given that penalty. I see where you're going with that. So yeah, I think good to probably round it up there. Ali raised a good point as well. First game in a while that we've had a clean sheet. Sven Botman being back in the team obviously was massive for us. I think we looked very shaky last week with the setup against Brighton. So great to have Botman back and he looked solid again. I thought Cher had a good game as well. Dan Byrne, I was very suspicious of. 
in the opening stages, but on balance had a good game breaking up the play. He makes decent runs as well, does our Dan Burn. Mm. Um, but yeah, a clean sheet must give us confidence going into the Milan game, Ali, mustn't it? Yeah, it must. And I don't think, you know, Eddie Howe can change that backline going into Milan. So I think, yeah, he's got to really be starting the same four. But I agree with you. I thought Dan Burn came into the game later on, especially in the second half, you know, winning his aerial duels breaking up the play and making some darn runs like he normally likes to do. He doesn't really have the range in his passing and it's just good to have him firing on all cylinders again. And then I thought a bit trippier at times. Um, I thought his dead ball play wasn't that strong, but, you know, hopefully by the time we play against Milan, it'll be a lot better. The, again, in the last few games, his set pieces have been quite poor. I don't know whether they've been trying something from the training ground or hitting them in low. His first set piece when he tried to hit it low to the first post with Brentford, I thought was really poor, but I think some of his corners from that point onward were, were quite good, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that, pre- that pretty much rounds us up. I think going into that game, didn't seem like Nick Pope actually had that much to do. Yeah, so the 1-0 win takes us up to 11th in the table now, which is more so in the right direction. But let's hope we can we can continue this form. And the 1-0 win gives us confidence going into Milan on Tuesday, which we will be talking about straight after this quick break. So we'll see you in a sec. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participation restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We back. We back and we're back with AC Milan. So first Champions League game in 21 years and what a place to go, the San Siro. But before we do that, I should probably do a quick social plug. I nearly forgot about it again there. Um, <laughs> forgot about the halftime break. So it's now a three-quarter length break. And now I've nearly forgotten about the fucking socials again. So just a quick plug. Um, you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find us pretty much everywhere if you look hard and off leg. We really appreciate it if you could give us a follow and a five-star review if you're feeling super generous. You can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast, on Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast and on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tune podcast. So, now that's all out of the way. San Siro on Tuesday. Ali, you and I are going to be there. Are you excited? I am, but I will not be wearing my tune top just for my own safety. Correct. But I cannot wait. Can't wait to get back into Mag Caf, <laughs> my favourite place on the Vili Canal. He's been practising his Italian, hasn't he? Yes, I have. Yeah. I have. Buongiorno. <laughs> I just, I can't wait to be honest with you. Like, uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Like, Central Milan's just going to be a massive Geordie takeover. I feel like it's going to be like at the Duomo, it's going to be like Trafalgar Square when we got to the um, <laughs> the cup final. Like, we're all just going to be there. 
thankfully there's no fountain to piss in or shit in, so uh, we won't make a fool of ourselves there. Like, hey, that was the Sunderland fans. That wasn't the Newcastle fans. <laughs> that's, uh... You never tell with Ashley. Like, <laughs> I used to have cleaned it up if we did it. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> a horrible Magnum bastard. But it's it's really exciting, isn't it? I mean, Champions League football is back, and as I say, what a venue to go to. It's very much on my footballing bucket list. So I can't wait to be there. Flying out to record on the Sunday. We're flying out on the Monday evening. Probably get a few slurps in on the Monday night, depending on what time we get in. And that's just a day of drinking and eating nice food, isn't it? So Ooh. good. You want to be trying, what is it, Panzerotti from Luini. You want to be trying the nice sandwiches from, was it Antico? Uh, yeah, it was Antico something or other. I was going to try and uh, sandwich my shop. Again, but I was going to get shit on, so I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially on this hangover. Iknuza's beer, you've got to have fucking Moretti's. It's going to be a champion day, and I can't wait. But down to the football, Hodgy. How are you feeling going into Milan now with the Brentford result under our belt? It's obviously going to be a bit nervy, the first one. But at the same time, I think it does to just go out and take the experience and, and give it a go. Get stuck into your work, boys, because oh, there's going to be plenty of chances that come along. Just need to be a bit more clinical, I think, with some of the things that we do. If you take a look at our group, PSG, they lose games easily to some teams. They'll boost teams in their own league but then lose to people like Estac Troyes and stuff like that randomly so mm. let's hope for these kind of results I think Milan Ali said lost 5-1 to their, their bit of rivals into Milan so are they going to be dead and buried or are they going to be up for it probably the latter they've got some really good players Liao they'll probably put switch him out to the right hand side and get him running at Danburn Giroud can pop up with a goal they've got Pulisic who's got some speed to him as well Luka Jovic as well. Oh, there's some quality players there, but if we step up and play well, take it to them and walk away with a result, be it a draw or, or three points, the rest of the group then has to have a look at us and go, oh shit, like they're here and they, they want to give it a go. I'm excited, but nerved as well. Mm. Very. Yeah. I mean, Sandro's got a star, hasn't he, Hodge? You've got to give it to him. Come on. Like, he's a bit of a point to prove to people, all the people that have put a bit of hate onto his name early on. Like, get him out there and get him straight back into where where he cut his teeth um, at football, basically. Where are you going to be watching it, Hodge? Let me guess. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I won't be because I am down Manchester way, actually, on a Tuesday. So You'll be watching it somewhere, at least. I'll have to find some, somewhere to watch it, I'm sure. A Geordie, see if you can organise a Geordie hookup in Manchester. Mm. Um, oh, Ali, where are you going to be watching it? <laughs> I can't wait. I'm very excited. Well, but, the um, fact that you and I, when we went to Milan earlier this year, we were a bit worried that we were never going to go to the San Siro because of the rumours of that it was going to get knocked down. Still is. Is it still getting is knocked it? down? Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're going to be getting rid of it, yeah. I know, I didn't know that. Oh, well, we've timed this beautifully then. I hope so. I hope so. But yeah, the first time, you know, that we're back in the Champions League for 21 years and the first place that we get to go to is the San Siro. You just, yeah, you couldn't make it up, really. You really couldn't. Other than Sandro coming in for Longstaff, maybe? Do you foresee there being any big changes to the team sheet, Ali? I can see Tonali starting, definitely. Who he will come in replace of, I actually don't know. I feel like Eddie Howe's still trying to work a system where he includes Bruno and Tonali because I still don't think he knows how to play those two players because they're quite similar no. in terms of they both want to be playing in advanced positions, but Eddie Howe wants to play one of them quite deep. So I don't know if Eddie Howe will kind of practice that in the AC Milan match. I don't think he will, but um, I definitely can see Tonali coming in and Isaac starting as well. This has got an Isaac game written all over it, to be honest with you. So you'd bring Isaac in over Wilson, would you? I think the only reason I say that for, I think because Isaac does have European 
experience. So I think he'll be used to this kind of big game. And yeah, I think he'll certainly have a presence. And I do think Callum Wilson normally has a greater impact the later he comes on the pitch. But I mean, for me, I'd like to see Isaac start as long as, alongside Tonali. But those would be my only two changes to the team that beat Brentford yesterday. I just wonder, like, the Inter team that played Milan yesterday and beat them 5-1 start with two strikers. Does that tell you something? I don't know. Could you have Isaac and Wilson's start? But you probably don't want to be dramatically changing up your formation going into such a big game, do you, Hodge? It is a hard one. I've got a bit of a thing in my mind as how I'd play this game. I'd try and put Wilson and Isaac on the same pitch as starters. Mm. But how do you do that is the hardest thing. I think Eddie will just keep to his system. He's very safe in that fact, isn't he? We've got players that can just swap in, swap out. Who's going to pick? Yeah, I guess he's, Depends he's not. Depends because we might play totally different to how teams in Sierra are. So oh, 100%. all they can do is watch the footage, but they haven't actually been able to play in in that game or in that space so depends how quickly they can work it out on the day as as they're going around but yeah why not stick to kind of what we know i re- i think uh it, it it has been working for us in the past and it's we've had a bit of a stutter this season but mm. it's it does ultimately work in favor most times out of none for us yeah i mean milan play a 4-3-3 as well you want to match their system probably going into the game but as we know eddie's not adverse to changing it up significantly at 70 65 odd minutes and maybe, depending on which way the game's going, that could be when we see Isaac and Wilson up front together. But we don't want to get carried away. It's the first game of the group stages. We've got to play them twice, including once at Fortress St. James's. So there probably won't be too many rash decisions, I wouldn't say. They may be for later in the group stages, but I just can't wait. And I think, as you say, Ali, the atmosphere in Milan and Navigli, which is where the Newcastle United supporters group, I think, have set up. Um, that's probably along the canal there is going to be where all the Newcastle fans are going to be stationed. It's just going to be a cracking experience and I can't bloody wait. Great city to go to. Enough talk. What are you predicting? Go on. What are you predicting? What are my predictions? Your, your predictions. <laughs> my predictions. Hodgie's predictions. That's a new segment. For, well, it's probably worth doing Gray's given he has messaged them into the group. So Gray, the the daredevil that he is, the optimist that he is, has gone with a, a nil-nil draw, which I think, to be honest, would be a, a decent result at, at San Siro against AC Milan with that atmosphere. Um, I think there'll be goals, so I'm gonna go one-one. <laughs> I love I've just said it. <laughs> I love I've just said Gray's such a daredevil with nil-nil. I'm gonna go one-one because I think there will be goals. <laughs> Hodgie, do you want to go next? Your score predictions. 1-0 to Newcastle. Boy, get it out. We've still got to put money on these, by the way. On the betting apps. It will be <laughs> decent odds, yeah. Ali, do you want to round us off with your score predictions against Milan? Uh, yes, I'm not going to be controversial here, but I'm, I'm going to go join Hodge and say 1-0 Newcastle as well. Could argue that that is controversial, saying we're going to beat fucking Milan 1-0 at San Siro, but I like it. I like it. Fucking Gray and I sitting on the fence, you two sticking in excellent. No one said we're going to lose. Well, we are deluded. (laughs) 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 You should listen back to some of our fucking Liverpool and Man City predictions. Right, I think that just about does us for this week's recording. We will be intending to put out a quick Champions League summary after the Milan game. That'll be Hodge and Gray recording because Ali and I will both be away. But fingers crossed, let's hope we have a great time um, and bring on the Champions League. 
think that just about does it for this recording. So all that's left to do now is say goodbye. So thanks all very much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Forza Newcastle. Ciao. Oh, lads. You should have seen us coming. Passing the ports along the road. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.